0: within bookmaking and its ties to the body is a relationship that has been the central focus within my current practice. Like books, the body has a beginning and an end, and with the use of Arabic script, this gives me the ability to tie the work back to specific points within Islamic history, practice, and philosophies. That's an excerpt from Zainab Saab's artist statement, and I was instantly drawn to her work for reasons that will hopefully become obvious if they aren't already. Originally from Dearborn, Michigan, Zainab Saab is currently based in Portland, Oregon. Her current work deals with the history of bookmaking within Islamic art history and recontextualizing narratives and philosophies pertaining to life, death, and the afterlife within Islam. She received her BFA in printmaking from Bowling Green State University from Bowling Green, Ohio in 2015. And recently, she completed her MFA in printmaking at Northern Illinois University in DeKalb, Illinois. Her work has been exhibited nationally and internationally in Detroit, New York, California, Dubai, New Mexico, and Hawaii, among other places, and is held in several permanent collections, including Zayed University in Dubai, the Arab American National Museum, and the University of Iowa's Special Collections Library.
1: Some themes within the book do talk, uh, within like bookmaking for me, talk a lot about like life and death, what to remember, um, what to learn, what to unlearn.
0: As a lifelong lover of books... I mostly thought of them as a medium of literary art only, but with the intricate patterns arising from the layering of written words and books in forms and shapes that I had just not seen before, Zainab Sab's artwork completely changed the way I view books, art, and the process of creating them both. All right, Zainab, thanks for joining us with Status.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: So just to get started, since we do cover art on Status, but we haven't done really bookmaking in the past, Uh can you kind of like trace your journey as an artist through the different mediums you've explored and kind of how you got into things?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, I think it all starts back when I was... 18. That's when I started college and my first medium that I started with was actually photography. But then I realized looking at all my other art friends, I really like what they're doing, especially those in like illustration and drawing. And I was like, I want to learn that skill. And so a few years later, fast track to two years later, I decide to switch avenues and focus on drawing. And this was all while I was still in Michigan. Um, Mind you, I was born and raised there, and I stayed there for quite some time. And after developing enough skill to feel comfortable to transfer to a four-year institution, I decided to focus solely on drawing. And about a year into my program at Bowling Green State, which is where I transferred to, which is in Ohio, I decided, oh, I like this printmaking thing because it ended up being a requirement for graduation. But I really fell in love with the medium. Um, I just had never worked with anything like that quite before in my life. And I switched again. (laughs) I just recognized within the last 10 years, I just love to try something new, try to dabble as much as possible. And I stuck to printmaking. And that's what I ended up getting my undergraduate degree in. And that's what I ended up going to get my master's in. And then one year into my master's program, I was like, this is cool, but I kind of continue like have this like itch for something new. And um, a friend of mine who's a bookmaker, she got me into it. And from there, that's when like that whole journey of book art started. And I think like this journey makes a lot of sense to me going from drawing to printmaking because like drawing... Um, really works well with print and then print and book have a long history of working together. Um, So it just made sense like with the flow of things. Um, And since then I really haven't looked back. I still love book arts like three years later. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now.
0: (laughs) So would it be safe to say that that's your primary medium or the one that you're focusing on at the moment?
1: Um, I would definitely say it's the one I'm focusing on at the moment. I, I'm definitely a believer in working with a medium that fits your narrative best. I think that's a big part of the reason why I've switched so many times to different mediums because I feel like certain mediums, like I'm doing it for the sake of doing it or for the sake of proving that I know that I know how to do it, which is like such a printmaker move. It's like, why are you making these prints? It's like, cause I can do it. <laughs> but there's no real need to like prove that I can do it for me. It's just a matter of, I know how to do this, but it's not fitting like what my narrative is going with to the best of its ability. So like, let me switch to something that like suits my narrative. So I think that's where right now it makes a lot of sense.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about like this relationship between narrative and medium? I think especially, at least speaking as someone who's, not an artist, but enjoys art, bookmaking and printmaking seem to be kind of like underappreciated at least in the United States. So yeah, can you talk about like how bookmaking and printmaking plays a role in telling your narrative?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think what I really liked about printmaking that brought me in was this idea of the multiple and there's such like a radical history behind printmaking, Um, this idea of like dissemination of information it always played a role in, like, just spreading knowledge. So for me, I think that's what brought me in with printmaking is, like, I can make multiples of the same thing and, like, either give it to someone, sell it to someone, or exchange it with someone, which is a very common thing we do in, like, the printmaking community. It's like, oh, you have this print, I like it, and you have this print that I, I have this print that you like, why don't we just exchange it? I think that's really beautiful, and I think that, like, gives – A much more stronger sense of community that way of like appreciation of like let me give you mine and you give me yours so for me I found that really beautiful Um, I think that's where like printmaking connected for me was just like the sense of community that you get out of it and like the practice of printmaking comes from a very communal space you're sharing a lot of materials together in this shop in this print shop so for me it's like you have to work with your cohorts but it doesn't stop there necessarily. You don't really see people as just like, oh, you're my colleague or my cohort. You are developing like actual like connections with people, getting to know them through their practice. Because once that artist rolls their print out, immediately you're like, oh, that's really cool. What is it about? And once you get that information from that artist, like you are tapping in to that individual psyche, um, what they're feeling at the moment, and it just brings a closer connection to folks in that community for sure. Um, And as far as narrative goes, for me, it's like, I I really do believe that like good art is like 50% craft to 50% content. It's like, I think there's, if there's too much focus of a, of craft, it takes away from like how important the narrative is. And if you put in too much of the narrative, it takes away sometimes of the craftsmanship. So I always try to think of that formula of like, what is the best Craft or medium that will suit this content. And I think with book arts, for me, it works because when it comes to my work personally, I think a lot about the idea of like intimacy and what does it mean to hold a book? We all have some form of relationship with like holding books, especially stories that we grew up with, um, novels that we read. It's like those stories impact us. And when you have something like a book, in an art space, for me, like, it gives the audience this immediate opportunity to want to flip the page. And when we're in an art space, we're like, oh, no, don't touch. But for me, it's like, I want you to touch this thing that I made. There's like a sense of invitation when we look at a book, regardless of like what space it's in, like the first thing we want to do is like, oh, that's interesting. I want to hold it. I want to read it. So for me, I wanted to break this wall of Of, like, the individual looking at something on the wall, (laughs) to say the least, and not being able to, like, feel it. For me, a lot of it is about touch. I really want people to, like, understand the craft and, like, the time that it took to make the work. And you can't really do that, especially with book arts, without, like, actually feeling the material. And for me, it's, like, this weird way of just, like, inviting people in to what I'm thinking in the moment. So it kind of
0: sounds like the way that you think about art is much more of a collective communal thing, even like, not just on the making aspect, but on the experiencing and yeah. like the viewer. Absolutely. So um, to like, continue with that, one of the first ways that I became aware of your work was through Mamul Press, mm-hmm. um, which is like an art, an artist collective featuring artists from marginalized backgrounds. And we can link that in the on the webpage if if you'd like. Yeah, sure. So you talked about how the process is kind of like collective, but um, mm-hmm. could you talk a little bit more about how finding community or lack of community, like the mm-hmm. role that, that that plays in influencing your work?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the first thing we have to start with is by being honest with ourselves and making work for the self. And when we say that, like, I don't necessarily think that's an isolating um, statement. I do think that when you're talking about something personal and vulnerable and intimate, if anything, that reels people in. So I think that the audience, whether they have an art background or not, understand when someone is being sincere and honest. And when that happens, regardless of how personal the story is, people will relate and will connect to it. And for me, it's like, I think it's just much quicker because I have a language involved that isn't English. And this immediately brings people in and not necessarily like connecting right away, but it's like, it's a starting point. It's like, oh, I know what this is. Let me investigate more. So for me, um, when I made the work, yes, I made it for myself, but I also wanted those in my community to know that what I'm saying is here and um, I want you to come in. I want to start a conversation. I want to build community with you. Even if our stories aren't completely similar, I use the Arabic language as an invitation as well, especially for folks in like the diaspora and in space or in um, environments, spaces or communities where like they don't have either an Arab speaking community or just like a Swana community that is like direct I'm very grateful and fortunate to uh, have been raised in a very large, like, Swana population. Um, And I understand that not many places in the United States have that. And for me, it's acknowledging that not everyone has that and letting them know that I uh, can also be a part of this community for you and connect you, um, but also be there for you through this practice of bookmaking. And I think too, that this idea of like growing up from an immigrant family, this notion that like you have to be within like the STEM field in order to gain success. And that's something that we totally understand, like our parents, like wanting the best for us, this like safety net. So I think a lot of us never thought that the arts would be a possibility within Swana community. And now that like I've gotten older and like developed the work, I'm seeing like this large Swana population of artists really coming out and it's really beautiful to see and it's like an honor to be a part of like this quilt of Swana diaspora artists that are making work that is overtly us and connecting together and building this beautiful community.
0: So to kind of like mix this with something that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. the themes that seem to present themselves like throughout your work Mm -hmm. And the one that pulled me in first was this idea of texture arising out of repetition, Mm -hmm. um, as well as, like, the interplay between Arabic and English, like, Islamic art and themes. So could you talk a little bit about, like, the relationship between those... I guess this is kind of returning to the idea of narrative and medium, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, the role between the repetition and texture and the language piece. I mm-hmm. don't know if they're they are related.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um I think for me repetition is rooted in ritual which is rooted in community. If we look at like the way in which Islam is practiced, especially if you look at the ritual of prayer, there's so much repetition pl- taking place. Um and for me, I think what connects me spiritually is just this idea of ritual, whether it is like the traditional Islamic prayer or whether it's in my written practice, whether or not I practice um, the traditional form of prayer or not, I'm still fascinated by it. uh, Based on it's like repetitiveness. It's this repetitiveness is like almost works as a reminder. And for me, that's where like the ritual comes in of like this reminder of like existence and uh, this connection to like, spirituality i think that's where it ties close to me like this idea of like remembering but also this comes from like my mother tongue this fear that i have of like losing my first language which is arabic i always worry that if i ever want to have children will i be competent enough in this language to pass it down to them especially when we live in such an english dominant country i think for me The idea of repetition is rooted in like the fear of losing this language, which is a fear in forgetting this origin point. So I think that's definitely where the the, like the root of repetition comes in. It's like spiritual, but it's also like secular and like knowing an origin point and knowing where you're from and not forgetting that and how it has so much history behind it. I think that one of the most powerful things I've heard recently was from George Abraham, which they're a poet, and they made this really really beautiful statement which was not having your mother tongue is almost like a phantom limb. And when they said that, like I was I was taken aback. It was like so beautifully said. And mind you, I'm sure they said it much more eloquently than I did. But that really struck me, this idea that like the mother tongue is truly like a phantom limb when you don't hear it. I mean, don't have it because when you hear it, when you hear it, it's it's so like it vibrates within you. But when you don't know how to respond back to it and it's so devastating to you, it's like, you know, it in your core. But once you try to respond back, you can't and it breaks your heart. So for me, this repetition is rooted in, like, making sure that that feeling never comes to me. This feeling of, like, I hear it, but I can't respond back. So, yeah, that's I think that's where, like, this ritual and repetition and texture comes in for me.
0: It, it seems very, very rooted in, like, another theme in some of your work, or maybe all of it, which is diaspora. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading an interview where you kind of framed your work as mixing East and Western styles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So would you still kind of like frame your work this way or uh, how has the theme of diaspora changed or stayed the same as you've progressed uh, Mm -hmm. as an artist?
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, this idea of East and West has kind of dissipated. I think the only thing that, is Western really about it is just this inclusion of the English language. But I think in terms of this connection to like the East, I think that's definitely still rooted in like the Arabic language and connecting diaspora to like its Swana roots. I don't know, like this, that that, that's the tough thing for me. It's like, do I even care to be in East versus West. Cause like, I think that right there is ridiculous. Cause like, there are no borders. There's no real East, West, all, all that like stuff. I don't really think of like about existence that way anymore. And I think that's surprising after like three years later I'm thinking to myself, like none of this really feels real. I think I'm just like a connection or like this, like embodiment of different origin points just like, who just so happens to be existing in the West. I think that's the only Western thing about it too, is just that I just so happen to be here. And I'm trying really hard to like resist and fight back in some form or fashion. The West sort of consuming me. And I think like this preservation and continuous writing and working in Arabic um, helps with that. I don't know if that helps with your answer what's your question yeah no
0: definitely yeah I think like just as someone who's like been a big fan of your work over the past couple years it seems like there has been has been like a, a thematic shift a little bit yeah and somewhere over the the course of that it seemed like Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like Mm -hmm. you started making your own paper more often. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So I was wondering like how that, why you made that decision, Mm -hmm. how it affected your artistic process. Right. And like initially I kind of thought of that, what you mentioned before about tactile and interaction. Yeah. So
1: the inclusion of making my own paper, I had taken... Um, a paper arts class, uh, a book and paper arts class. And again, this goes back to like this ritual, because there is like a whole like setup and process and ritual in producing paper. And I remember one of like my professors making this really beautiful analogy to like the process of papermaking is almost like birth, because like you have this vessel of water, and it has like all of these like clumps and chunks of paper like floating around and then you use this molden decal which is like this mesh screen that you like uh pour into the water and you catch this what you catch the um, pulp of the paper to create this organized sheet of paper and if you think about it <laughs> in terms of like Islam I think that's pretty fascinating because that's exactly kind of how it's sort of described Islamically as like you are this clot of life and over time, like you form into this fully fleshed being. (laughs) And I think that's incredibly fascinating finding that connection. And like, it's all, it is, it really does feel like this birthing like process having like all this disorganization coming into this object, which is a screen to like form this like perfectly neat or almost neat sheet of paper is so incredible to me so it's very calming very soothing um very powerful to be a part of like this to be in the groove of that process and for me it just made more sense because some themes within the book do talk uh within like bookmaking for me talk a lot about like life and death what to remember um what to learn what to unlearn so it made a lot of sense for me to include paper. And again, it goes back to like that tactileness, and it goes back to like this uh, um, invitation when we've been connected to paper for thousands of years, but also like on a personal level, like paper is like the first medium we like one of the first mediums we touch as children. We draw on it. We write on it. We write very intimate, secretive things on it. We use it to pass around information Um, So it made a lot of sense to me to like make this paper and to like add more of like my DNA into the book itself. I think that's another thing as well as like when we think about books, as we turn the page, like our hands are emitting oil and we are imprinting our DNA into this thing, making it even more personal. So that idea of like other people touching it, other people's like DNA being a part of this um, book is really beautiful to me. It makes it even more communal.
0: That does kind of tie in with my next question, which was like the, the aspect of repetition and ritual. It's like almost like prayer. Yeah. Or like, I mean, for, uh, for some intents and purposes, maybe it is so how has the the process of bookmaking been affected by faith for you mm-hmm. um or not cuz i one of my favorite um one of your pieces um i forget the title but it dealt like heavily in themes of cosmology and birth and
1: origin yeah um like i said like the book is intimate i think for me i use book arts to express a side of me that I don't give every day, which is like, in a sense, like intimacy or like the softness. I think I always have been told, like when people meet me, like, I do have like this like strong um, approach <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, and like this like strong sort of like and personality. And for me, it's just been, I guess you could say, again, for lack of a better term, maybe like a defense mechanism or like a survival thing. So for me, showing like this intimate side is incredibly vulnerable, incredibly like naked almost. And also in that, it feels incredibly liberating to show another aspect of myself to it. And I always think about like the book as an extension of the body as well, because there's so much terminology tied into the body within bookmaking that I really do feel like the book is, like, a true extension of my body, um, just on, like, its vocabulary alone, um, on top of, like, putting my, my, like, physical DNA into it as well, and also putting, like, my labor into it, um, too, and then my words, like, all this layering of the self into, like, this one piece is just, like, again, like, this invitation to this, like, for the audience to, like, to know this other aspect of myself too, while talking about things that either I'm um, in the process of digesting or these things that I fear or these things that I believe in. So for me, it's like the book is truly like this extension of myself as another like body, almost like this, its own spiritual entity.
0: So So would you say, like, that the inclusion of paper making into your process is, like, another step towards, like, eliminating the separation between yourself and the book? Um. I don't know if that's, like, that's just what I got from what you said.
1: Yeah, I think for me it just, like, gives more to the self. Okay. It gives more of myself into, like, the piece. Yeah. So –
0: Kind of like uh, wrapping up a little bit, um, I was wondering, maybe this is like too, I don't know, too uh, definitive, but is there like a specific thing that you want the viewer of your art to take away, if anything specific at all? And does it change depending on who might be interacting with your work?
2: Yeah,
1: I think for the latter, it definitely does change depending on who's interacting environment as well um, that plays a role, I'm sure. if they were to take anything from it, um, I think for me, the first thing that comes in my head is that I'm constantly searching. I'm constantly looking for ways to remember. And that I know sounds incredibly vague, but um, I think it's for me, it's like, remembering the tongue that I have and trying really hard to keep it and preserve it. I think the overarching theme, if there were um, more than one, I think one of them for sure is this idea of preservation, of like preserving the tongue is also preserving the self. I think that's the big theme that I would um, want the audience to... Take away from it, if possible, because I know again, like, you have this language that not many folks know in the West. Um, but having English as well, I think, brings a little more context to uh, non-Arabic-speaking folk, and just taking this idea of like, I'm fighting pretty hard to keep this like language alive, and keeping this language alive keeps its history and its culture and its people alive too.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about your work.
2: For sure.
0: Thank you so much. It definitely is like, it seems like an intimate process. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to like talk about maybe where your art might be showing in the future or where people can find you
1: online? For sure. Um, You can definitely find me online. Um, I have my website, uh, which is just www.zainabsab.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, which is at zainab.sab. Shows that are coming up. Um, let's see. Oh, there is. I do actually have a show coming up in April in Sharjah for the Sharjah Calligraphy Biennial. I'll be there in uh, April. I also have a residency coming up at In Cahoots Residency, which is in Petaluma, California. That'll be in July. And I'm sure I'll have other projects in the way. Uh, I will definitely keep folks up to date as to exhibitions that I'm a part of. So, yeah, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing what's coming next.
1: Thank you so much.
2: You've been listening to Status Audio Magazine. The status is produced by the Arab Studies Institute in partnership with Voices of the Middle East and North Africa, co-sponsored by George Mason University's Middle Eastern Studies program and the American University of Beirut's Asfari Institute for Civil Society and Citizenship. Interested in pitching an interview, a program episode, or becoming a partner, email our associate producer, Paola Messina, at paola at StatusHour.com. To listen to more conversations, on the scene reports, and discussions, visit our website, StatusHour.com, or subscribe via iTunes and listen to us on the go. You can also friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and for more conversations, please visit StatusHour.com.